Hi, thanks for listening. In 20 seconds or less, I wanted to ask if you would consider supporting the show with a one-time donation of $1 to $3. The funds go to subscription fees, equipment upkeep, and a general sense of well-being. Links in the show notes. And again, thanks for listening. Okay, on with the show. Twenty-three. Nicole watched Billy and Jordan roll down the corridor. Jordan moved gracefully in slow, swaying motions. She gave pointers to Billy, who seemed to be using all his concentration just to stay upright. Nicole smiled at the scene of the two adolescents side by side. It was almost idyllic, two young people moving around the edges of what could be first loves, the one you always remembered no matter how many others came along. She watched Billy struggle to keep balance on the skates as Jordan offered words of encouragement. Billy had his arm stuck out, looking like an albatross trying to take off. In an expression of her desire to help Billy, Jordan reached out and grabbed Billy's hand. Billy looked over at Jordan quickly, a mixture of fear and pleasure on his face. He stared at Jordan's hand in his. This sent a brick through his plate-glass concentration, and his legs went out from under him. Billy came down hard on his butt. Nicole had to turn away from laughing out loud at the scene. When she looked back, she saw that Billy was letting Jordan grab his arm and help him up. The two smiled at each other. Nicole smiled as she watched Jordan brush a lock of dark hair out of her face, waiting for Billy to regain his footing. The two turned and moved off down the corridor. Billy holding Jordan's hand, this time without falling. When they disappeared around the curve, Nicole turned back in the opposite direction. She almost ran into Paul. Have you seen Jordan? Paul said. She's down the corridor helping Billy, Nicole said. I don't want her alone with that boy. I told her to keep in sight, Paul said. He started after Jordan, but Nicole gently stopped him. Hey, Paul... I would never dream to tell you how to raise your daughter, but they're just skating. Something that our survival depends on right now, okay? If Jordan can't teach Billy to skate like we need, it could put us all in jeopardy, Nicole said. Paul stared down the corridor and looked like he was ready to bolt. Finally, he looked up at Nicole. Besides, Billy looks scared to death. I don't think Jordan's virtue is in any danger, Nicole said. Paul kept his gaze down the corridor finally relaxing. Can you show me the routes through the offices down to field level? Me, Walt, and Sam are going to have to run them fast, and to do that, we are going to have to practice, Nicole said. Paul nodded and led Nicole back down the corridor. Sam stood in the doorway, his foot placed to keep the door ajar. He held his rifle steady. The red dot laser rested on one of the balloons, hanging from the ceiling. He waited, His radio blared to life on his hip. Okay, Sam, Walt, you know the drill. When I say when, you guys take off through those doors and get out to the vehicles as fast as you can. We'll rotate out. Two shooting, one timing. The winner of the round gets to sit in the chair holding the watch, Nicole said. 
Sam tightened the grip on his rifle, his body like a coiled spring, waiting for release. Down the corridor, Sam heard Walt begin firing. Taking it as his cue, Sam started taking out the balloons. Several seconds passed, then he heard Nicole's voice over the radio. Go, she said. Sam turned and shoved his way through the door. Two flights of steps brought him into a carpeted hallway lined with doors. He ran down the hallway and slammed through a door on the far right. This led to a large office space with cubicles placed about the room. Sam bobbed and weaved through them like a rat in a maze before punching through a door on the far end. This brought him into a radio broadcast booth with a door to the mid-deck seating level. Sam pushed through that and ran down five sections of seats to field level. As he hit the field, he noticed Walt running up to Nicole in a huff. Walt was catching his breath as Sam approached. Nicole clicked the stopwatch. Not bad, guys. Minute 40 for you, Walt. 150 for you, Sam. Beaten by an old man. You should be real proud, Sam, she said. Sam scrunched up his face and tried to catch his breath to respond, but Walt beat him to it. Old man? What do you mean, old? Nicole turned and winked at Walt. Oh, I get it, man, Walt said. Nicole handed him the watch and turned to Sam. You ready to go again, Sam, or do we need to get you some oxygen? Nicole said. Sam smiled sarcastically at Nicole, as if to say, very funny. Nicole looked at both of them. I'll go next with Sam. Walt, you time us. We're going to keep practicing until we can do it like machines. I want us as far under a minute as we can get, Nicole said. Walt sat in the lounge chair and reset the watch. As Nicole made her way to her position in the corridor, she stopped next to Paul, who was sitting in the driver's seat of the golf cart. How's it coming, Paul? She said. Paul looked at her. Yeah, I think I got it. I mean, what's to do, right? Run down here, hit the gas, and off I go, he said. Nicole looked away, then back to him. The thing is, Paul, you're working under ideal conditions right now. The added weight of Billy on the back is not there. You don't have a horde of hungry dead chasing you, so your heart rate and adrenaline aren't slamming through your chest. What I'm saying is, right now you're going on your mind, but when it all goes down, your mind can and will fail you. My dad used to tell his recruits that in any physical turmoil, the mind will quit long before your body will. You've got to be able to perform on autopilot, understand? You're only going to be able to do that through repetition. You have to go slow to go fast, you know? If you're getting tired, take your body through the motions of what you have to do at a slower pace. Build memory into your body. Paul nodded. Go slow to go fast. Huh. Your dad tell you that too? Paul said. Nicole smiled. Nope. Chuck Norris. I think in one of his moto books. Chuck Norris wouldn't stop and neither should you, yeah? Be like Chuck, Nicole said and slapped him on the arm. Paul smiled. Be like Chuck. Got it, he said. Nicole smiled and went to her position. Paul got off the cart and went to his starting point at the top of the field entrance. Chuck Norris wouldn't be running from the dead, though. The dead would be running from Chuck Norris, Paul said, chuckling to himself. For the rest of the day, everybody continued to focus on the tasks and skills they would need when the time came. By the time night fell, they were all exhausted. As they gathered in the cafeteria for dinner, their movements more closely resembled the dead outside than the living, breathing human beings inside. 
Everyone foraged for something to fill their stomachs that didn't require too much work to prepare, and slumped down at one of the long tables. Nicole approached the table last and surveyed the group. Listen, guys, she started, and everyone looked to her. Nicole looked into their upturned faces as they waited for her to continue. I... uh, I'm not any kind of leader. Never wanted to be. That's my father. I'm just a girl trying to get somewhere. But I wanted to say, I'm really proud of you guys, of all of us today. So I guess that's it, she said as she sat down and prepared to eat. Jordan looked around at the group. Well, I think Nicole is a badass, she said. Hey, watch the language, young lady, Paul said, but could not hide the smile creeping across his face. Sorry, Dad, but she is, Jordan said. Everyone laughed as Nicole turned a bright shade of red before smiling in spite of herself. Everyone was silent for several minutes as they devoured their food. Paul looked up at the group. Hey, you know what would be good after today? The hot tub's in the training room, huh? He said. Without speaking, all their faces revealed that they thought this was an excellent idea. We can watch a movie in there, too, Jordan said. Ooh, Die Hard 3, the one with Samuel Jackson. Paul said. Jordan looked at him cross. No, Dad, we watched your movie last time. This time we should watch Twilight, she said. Paul made a face, but was too tired to mount a protest. He sighed, and Jordan smiled over her victory. Later, as everyone donned shorts and t-shirts found in the laundry room, they sat in the individual jetted tubs spaced around the room and let the water massage away their aches. On the big screen at the end of the room, A girl kissed a sparkly vampire, but everybody except Jordan was too tired to care. Nicole rested her hand on the back edge of the stainless tub. It was a good day, but there was still much to do, and she knew it. She tried to think about what they needed to work on tomorrow, but her tired body wouldn't let her, and the drone of the jets lulled her into a peaceful rest. (laughs) 